so to be allowed to choose, um, I think I would have gone absolutely nuts had I been asked to go off work and not have this, this normality in my life. So it was wonderful to, to be put in the driver's seat. Hello and welcome back here at Feeling Terrific. Today I have um, a very special guest with me, um, Jutta, Jutta Branch-Kramer. Um, and the reason why this guest or why Jutta is so special to me is because since I joined ServiceNow in October 21, she was yeah still my mentor or is still my mentor. And uh, thank you for that, Jutta. I mean, um, I can say that uh, without you, it wouldn't have been the same journey. And uh, when I say journey, it's indeed a journey and a journey with every perspective that could be possible. So thank you for guiding me um, during this time. And uh, I'm still happy that I have you with me as a colleague, um, of course. But I don't want to take all of it away. Um, maybe you can give us a short intro about yourself. So who are you? <laughs> Absolutely. So yes, my journey wouldn't have been the same either without you. So um, Dito, Dito, Dito. <laughs> Who am I? Um, where do I start? Um, it's, it's a very good question. Born and raised in Germany, but I've lived in England. It's coming up to 20 years this year. Um, on Thursday, it will be 20 years and they have absolutely flown by. It is a good question. So who am I? Yes, I'm German, but I'm not. Um, half, half of my life, I've been in England. In Germany, I, I get told, oh, you're very English. <laughs> <laughs> in England, it's it's um, sometimes the other way around. Um, Christian, brain freeze. Who are you? <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Um, I don't think it can be answered in just yeah one one aspect. Um, so maybe let's kick off privately. I am German, um, but I've lived for the last 20 years in England. Um, I also had a brief spell in Luxembourg and France, but the bulk really has been in England. Um, so in Germany, sometimes I get asked where I have learned German, and I'm absolutely sure my German is still perfectly fluent. Um, <laughs> in England, I can argue with um, that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in England, um, yes, yes, I am German. So it's it's this funny, funny personality of. Um, Sometimes feeling neither goose nor gander, like where what is actually my nationality or, or what is my identity? But does it um, matter? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, and I suppose it opens a different way of reflecting and viewing how I'm perceived, how I perceive the the world. So living in a different country or when I, when I started living in different countries, three in total, <laughs> um, it definitely totally kicked me out of my comfort zone and, um, and definitely changed my way of thinking. Um, so no, it doesn't really matter. You're quite right. And how, how did this experience, so having quite an international background, I would say, and also different experiences and perspectives, and also, as you mentioned, it has a positive impact on yeah, being self-aware, self-reflect, and so on. What would you say, what kind of impact does it have to your, to your job? It definitely has made me very open-minded, very understanding. Um, 
I would say, very empathetic. Um, I suppose it also goes back further. Um, so having grown up in a family where my parents could have been my grandparents at the time, now it's perfectly normal to, to um, have your children when you're kind of late 30s, early 40s. Um, it wasn't then. <laughs> no one had a clue about university, for instance. I was the first one going, so no one could help me. Um, and then also no one really had lived abroad. So um, again, sort yourself out type of thing. Um, so how, how does it impact my job? Um, yeah, I think it, it makes me pretty empathetic towards all sorts of situations and um, everything that can happen in a human life. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when, when we first had a, a conversation or our first interaction at ServiceNow, it was, if I remember correctly, it was very empathetic, to be honest. Um, I didn't expect that. Um, based, I mean, maybe there's also a prejudice, right? But when I had a look at your um, LinkedIn profile, so basically kind of your professional background, um, I wasn't expecting that. So it was a, indeed a positive um, surprise. And th I mean, there's no judgment, right? But yeah, just an objective uh, view based on prejudices. <laughs> and, and I'm happy that I'm also self-reflected and thought, okay, maybe I was thinking in the wrong direction, right? So I also, it triggered also something um, with me. I'm wondering, you know, so you, you are with ServiceNow now for four and a half years, plus minus, right? So still within the TA function. So you are being a recruiter for a very long time. Currently, um, also you are kind of a yeah, team lead and, and regional lead. What we've just discovered about you, so the international background and so forth. Yes, okay, it, open-minded, empathetic, and so forth. How, how, or what impact does it have as you are trying to find your leadership style? What would you say? Um, yes, coming back to the empathy, massive, massive aspect. I know what it's like when one is confronted with the opposite of empathy and not made felt at home or um, felt comfortable. Um, so that is, I would say that that is the focus of, of my leadership st style. And I hope that's, um, um, that's materializing, <laughs> but I strongly believe um, one gets the best out of people when they feel comfortable, they feel trusted, they feel appreciated. Um, they feel challenged um, based on a on a trusted basis. Based on a trusted basis. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the the empathy will creep in, um, or or will will yeah will be the basis of it all. Um, and then it is it is possible looking at at our team at Service Now. Um, so I'm I'm um, I'm leading the team and the region, uh, the central region which is the German-speaking countries in Eastern Europe, um, what we have achieved there, that is, that is based off making people motivated. And then they, they want to achieve. I don't have to necessarily kick them. Yes, I, I might have to remind them, but um, <laughs> it's, um, it's a joy to, to observe people becoming successful because they feel motivated. And 
me being part of that, um, that's incredibly, incredibly rewarding. Yeah, I still do remember one or two reminders from you. So thank you for that as well. I really appreciate it. Um, so would you would you agree with with what I'm, if I would say that we could summarize it also with the word empowerment? Yes. Yeah. Because if one thinks of what is the opposite, the opposite is micromanagement, and then people are not empowered. Um, they don't learn to to utilize their own strengths their own their own brain basically their own capabilities um so yeah empowerment is a beautiful thing because it basically means um i can delegate <laughs> things are in capable hands <laughs> things are in motivated hands but it also stretches um the team members and um allows yeah allows them different um different experiences Do you have an example for us where you received empowerment and what impact did it have? Yeah. Well, me personally, I I absolutely love being thrown in at the deep end and trusted that I can I can deal with it. So whenever that happened, take for instance when I was hired at ServiceNow and it was like, well, we're building talent acquisition in the central region. <laughs> sort it out. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I thought I had moments when I thought, what did I get myself into? Um, but then I was trusted to, to build it. And, um, that, that is the biggest joy or taking, taking the team, for instance, now, um, we're pretty much, I mean, yes, we have targets, their expectations, but, um, we are left to do the best we can. Um, and that is a wonderful sense of empowerment to to pass that on yeah how would you describe leadership for example when it comes to you when you started at service now and how would you describe leadership you are receiving nowadays have something that changed if something has changed what especially what impact did it have on you so I mean, maybe from a different perspective. So when I think about personal development, right? Obviously, you you self-reflect, you are self-aware, ideally, and then you yeah have this personal development path, the learning opportunities, as you would like to to call them, right? When it comes to leadership, evolves leadership as well as you develop, or is this something separate? So is the leadership style there, and it stands for the next thirty years, or Does the leader also have to, to adapt to your personal development? You mean um, a leader I'm reporting into, for instance? Yeah, it doesn't have to be, for example, now within ServiceNow, right? So the, the, the thing is, um, mm. yeah, when, when you're reporting into someone, as you develop, does this person has also adapt their leadership style or their style, how they are leading you? Or mm. is this something separate? Yeah. No, I think it goes definitely hand in hand. Um, because as one grows up in one's career, the leadership will have to change. Um, otherwise there's a standstill. So a person can take someone from A to B, but maybe not from B to C. Or, um, the leader changes accordingly. Um, there's a there's a wonderful training I've 
I've done once upon a time, situational leadership. And that is, <laughs> that is really adapting to the needs of, of, um, of the person who, who's led. Um, so yes, absolutely. The leadership will have to evolve because if you think a, a job beginner needs something totally different in comparison to a seasoned professional, for instance. Yeah. Maybe let's have a different look now at situational leadership um, besides personal development, right? So um, there was a time where you needed situational leadership and it was when you had cancer. Hmm. How or what do you think, what was the importance of leadership at that time for you specifically? Yeah. Here it comes again. Empathy. <laughs> um, I remember my, my manager at the time said, whoa, um, you tell me what you want to do. Do you want to go off work? Do you want to continue? Um, basically, you decide what makes you feel most comfortable. And that, that was wonderful because at the time, I had no idea what I wanted, um, but I wanted some normality. Um, so to be allowed to choose um, I think I would have gone absolutely nuts had I been asked to go off work and not have this this normality in my life. So it was wonderful to to be put in the driver's seat. So basically in a situation where you not have full control, at least some control. Yeah, so situational leadership is um, um, a seasoned professional might get into a situation um, which takes that person out of their comfort zone. So a different leadership style is necessary. You've got um, motivation and um, capability, basically. And um, it doesn't matter where you stand in your career. Um, you can have high motivation, but, but you don't really know what to do or how to do the job, or you have low motivation, but um, you know how to the, do the job, you get bored. So that that's basically situational leadership. It's probably a bit hard to 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 reflect that on the cancer situation. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe what slow. I was... Maybe what I was thinking of is, um, so besides the definition of situational leadership, right? So for example, I would have taken something like, okay, situational leadership is someone who is able to adapt to certain situations of the person being in a situation, right? So maybe not necessarily where the people is within his or her personal journey from a career mm. perspective, but also when it comes um, as, for example, in your case um, with, with cancer, right? So it could have also been the case that um, the manager would have been kind of, yeah, not that it uh, was, but kind of micromanaging and mm -hmm. then not adapting his or her style to your situation. So there again, yeah. it comes with empathy, right? Well, what you mentioned. Yeah. Let's then call it only leadership because the situation might be misleading. Um, yeah. I mean, I was... I was treated like a normal employee, but I had freedom. So I could go off and go to a medica meditation class in the morning, for instance, or take myself for a walk if, if I just, yeah, 
had enough um, or finish earlier, whatever. So I had, I had that freedom, um, which again was absolutely wonderful because it was just what I needed at the time. What, what impact did this feeling of being treated as a human being have? It made me feel strong. Um, my manager at the time said to me, and I will, I will never forget, you don't know how strong you are. And I thought, hey, if you think I don't know how strong, strong I am, clearly, well, I must be very strong. And it was, it was incredibly, yeah, coming back to empower, empowering, but also very, very encouraging. Um, and it was also the knowledge that I could call that manager whenever. Um, and he he would have had an open mind. It was Stuart Rowland at the time. Um, what was also lovely about how service now dealt with it, and I'm totally in love with the culture. <laughs> um, yes, I wanted people to know because I didn't want suddenly to drop off and no one knew where Jutta was. Um, so the team knew um, and eventually the stakeholders knew as well. And the rest of the leadership How many people got in touch and said, hey, I was there as well, or I have someone in my, my family or, or friend circle who, who has or had it. Um, and it was lovely to, to have this, this human touch of, um, yes, I could cry with my colleagues. <laughs> I could laugh with my colleagues. Um, I could basically go through the experience with my colleagues and I didn't feel I had to hide it. Um, and I didn't want to, quite frankly, but the way it was, it was taken and, um, and handled was just like being with, with friends, family. I felt very protected and very, yeah, very safe, encouraged, cared for, generally, generally cared for. I imagine when, When life is going as planned, I mean, most of the time it doesn't go like planned, but yeah. um, so ju I... just for <laughs> <laughs> just for imagination, so that um, everything goes like 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 planned, kind of, and then you are receiving an update, an information. Hmm. How did you feel when you received yours? Um, as if someone had pulled the floor from underneath my feet. I was quite numb. I took on the information, I remember, and I just took it on just factual. My husband was in the room as well. He actually fainted. And um, <laughs> I'm laughing about it now. But um, yes, it was this feeling of, does it mean living? If it means living, what type of life? Um, it was... Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily want to repeat the experience in a hurry. Did it, I mean, most of the times that, that there's a saying that when someone has such an experience or something similar or whatsoever, that it triggers a self-reflection process mm. in terms of what is important in life, yeah. um, but also being more grounded or grateful, thankful. Did you have the same? Absolutely. I was never as mindful as when, when I didn't know what was happening. 
I remember I saw colors quite vividly and I took on everything around me quite vividly. I think it was this this um, greediness for whatever I can still soak up until I knew um, what was happening. Definitely, definitely changed perspective. I personally also absolutely don't believe in bucket lists. I think if I hypothetically dropped it now, and if I'm happy and I'm, I'm happy and content with simplicity in my life, that is actually the, the peak of contentment and happiness I can come to. I don't necessarily need to go through all sorts of exotic countries, but if I'm just calm, happy in my own mind, that's, that's where I want to be. How did you feel then when you got the information that you are over it? That I was over it. Very, very happy. <laughs> it was um, about two months of total agony, two months of not knowing. Luckily, after an 11-hour operation, um, I got the, yeah, all clear a little bit afterwards. What had helped me a lot was visualizing. So I wanted to know exactly what is happening once I wake up again. I wanted to know all the steps so I could, I could live it already in my mind. And then it was as if, yeah, I was there already. Um, now I'm waking up. Now um, the physio is coming. <laughs> um, so that, that, that helped me a lot. Um, recovering was hard, but I undercut the target. I was meant to be in hospital for, I think, three weeks. Um, I was in there for two. Um, and I just wanted to bounce back. Um, I remember I had one day in, in intensive care straight after, and I thought, how on earth am I going to climb mountain again? Um, and I love hiking. I love being in the mountains. And I thought, I can't even stand. <laughs> and then um, I was able to walk with the, with the support of my nurses. Um, from one side of the room to the next. And then I was absolutely exhausted. And I thought, how <laughs> do I ever get to this fitness level again? Um, but I found that the mind and um, the intrinsic motivation to achieve something will get you there. And um, yeah, more or less in no time at all. So I had the operation in November. I came home in December. My husband went back to work in January and I thought, excellent, he's out of the house. So out come my aerobic stuff and off I went again. Um, what was actually super inspiring was when, when my, my surgeon um, told me a story about a rugby player who had had something similar to me. Um, and this rugby player went off playing rugby three months after the operation. So I thought, I don't necessarily want to play rugby, <laughs> but aerobics will do. Um, so yes, it's, it's definitely this wanting something you feel most comfortable with, with again. And for me, it was physical exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, um, Personally speaking, egoistically speaking, I'm happy that you overcome it because otherwise I wouldn't have the chance to, to meet you and work with you. So thank you for that. Um, 
maybe maybe another yeah question i mean maybe it has something to do with it i don't know um but um for everyone who doesn't know you you really love the phrase learning opportunity maybe you can enlighten us why that is why do you <laughs> love learning opportunities <laughs> but i'm laughing because you have you have um identified with this expression so much that i was actually thinking isn't that your expression um <laughs> But yeah, learning opportunities um, hang around everywhere. Um, we just need to see them. So I think every every interaction with with human beings is a learning opportunity. Um, and I find, especially, so I'm a great believer in falling flat on your face and then learning from it, um, because that hurts. That gets you out of your comfort zone, and um, it it yeah to a certain degree forces you to change something. Um, so I think whenever something, let's call it negative, happens, like in an interaction with someone or something doesn't go according to plan, it's this, okay, the ego kicks in and I'm annoyed about it. <laughs> and I might blame the other person or blame whatever I've been doing. But then there is also this, um, usually I sleep on it. Um, there is this moment that kicks in where I think, actually, what could I have done differently or what have I done or what have I not done um, in order to potentially trigger this? And that's where the learning, I find, kicks in very beautifully. So for everyone, take the learning opportunities as they come. You won't regret it. Um, <laughs> we are almost at the end of our conversation, Jutta. And um, there's a question from a previous guest or from the previous guest uh, for you. How would you describe your experience of taking part in a podcast like this? And what do you hope to get out of it? <laughs> what I find most interesting about this podcast, I had not much opportunity to practice. Yes, I roughly knew what we were talking about, but um, you really put me on the spot and I had to think on my feet. And I think, and that was your plan, that triggers the most honest, spontaneous responses and stories. Um, what I wanted to get out of it, it's a learning opportunity. So I'm going to Oh, so reflect. I'm so part of this phrase. <laughs> I'm going to reflect about the conversation we have had. Um, and it will it will haunt me, no doubt. But um, it's also nice to, to share stories and you allowing people to share all sorts of different stories um, because other people might get something out of that for themselves. So um, having been through cancer, I think that just makes one more empathetic and, um, and one learns how to deal with people who are in a very similar situation. So the empathy um, kicks in yet again. Thank you for sharing your thoughts, Jutta. Really appreciate it. What question do you want to ask the next person? like in my driving license and my driving test when it was finished and I was asked what's the most important button in the car and I had completely brain free <laughs> actually what advice would they give to someone who does a podcast with you thank you for the question <laughs> as mentioned Jutta we are at the end of our conversation um, again really appreciate it and thank you also um, for your openness um, I think this is uh, also a, a rare skill um having this um yeah 
or being able to talk about certain things openly. I think uh, this um, the basis for this is as well self-reflection and dealing with, with oneself. And this is most of the hardest things uh, to do, right? So thank you for that. Um, over to you for the last words. <laughs> I think sharing experience is um, we gain experience. That's my belief. So we can help others. Um, and if whatever I have shared helps someone else, um, then I'm very happy. Perfect. And I would uh, say let's close it with this smile of yours, with this positive <laughs> uh, mindset. And uh, hope to see you soon again. Thank you for your time. Super. Thank you very much, Christian. <laughs>